I'm Sadwater, and this is Sadcast episode 82. I, again, I thought there wasn't going to be anything to talk about. I thought there wasn't going to be any news. And then I, you know, here and there save articles, and I'm like, oh, wow, there's a whole thing. I don't even think I'll get to all the topics. I think this is going to be a, a lot more fun than the last episode. The last one was a little bit more informative than banging through current events. Uh, I like, I guess I like switching back and forth. And there's no real 100% structure that I abide by week by week. But before I get to the news, um, I just want to tell you a little story. I went to um, a talk yesterday that I go to once a month, and for some reason I'm invited. Don't know why. And uh, it's it's a talk where it's like private. There's 40 people that come. No one even really films it. No one takes pictures or anything. It's almost like top secret. I've probably mentioned it before. Uh, Brett Easton Ellis has done it, uh, Graham Hancock, and I uh, forgot the guy who did it last month. I forgot his name. But yesterday I went to it, and it was um, a quantum physicist and a mathematician, and he's a knight. He's been knighted. And he uh, – it's it's look, let me just get down to it. It's good to be in a room once in a while and realize you're the dumbest person there. It's good to be in a room and think to yourself – I'm the hot girl here. I am. I'm the hot girl. That's that's what I am. There's not like I am not adding anything in here other than I'm 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 the hot girl there. I'm the I'm the bimbo. <laughs> and it was uh, his name is Sir Roger Penrose. He's 88 years old. He used to work with Stephen Hawking, the computer, uh, the robot guy, and. Uh, I, th- so it wasn't just that he was there. It, everyone in the audience, they're all listening. It's an hour long talk. I have no idea what they're talking. I have, I was listening. It wasn't like I was spacing out. I was forcing myself to listen and I didn't understand any of it. So that made me feel bad, but that's good. It's good to be humbled once in a while. Like the, there was a Q and a after I didn't understand the questions. People were writing notes and they were asking questions and um, I wanted to raise my hand and just say, what? Regarding the whole thing, what? What did you mean by everything you said? Because uh, that's how I felt be- with being in a room full of extremely high IQ people. I'm I'm pretty good when it comes to sociolo- sociology, philosophy, politics. But anything that involves science, math, quantum physics theories, whatever. Like he was talking about, so, so someone asked, so, so what are you working on right now? How do you, how do you um, figure out like what you want to work on? And he goes, well, you know, it's what interests me. It's not really about money or anything. I understood that. I understood that. But the moment they, he, they, he talked about what he was working on uh, was again, another moment that it went over my head. What he's working on, and if maybe I'm butchering this, I mean, I probably am, the 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 little i got gathered from what he said he said something like uh there are space there are holes in the sky that you can't see that are remnants of black holes that existed eons before the big bang do you, do you know what that means cuz i don't and i never will and they were giving out his book for free i guess the one he wrote recently and it was probably 800 pages and it was free and I didn't take it because what am I going to do with it? I don't know anyone smart enough that I could give it to. But um, yeah, so I guess it's good uh, to be humbled. And speaking of, because he's a knight, he's a sir, Sir Roger Penrose. There's another Sir Roger, uh, my hero, Sir Roger Scruton, who passed away a couple days ago from cancer, 75 years old. The guy was such a genius that not only was he a philo- the greatest philosopher al- alive and conservative deep thinker, but um, he wrote over 50 books, and they weren't even about philosophy or um, politics or anything. Sometimes he wrote books on fox hunting or wine just because he could, and um, really well-versed in the arts. 
uh, an accomplished uh, musician. Imagine being able to live 10 different lives at once, and he did that in 75 years. So he passed away, and because of that, I was um, I was pretty much um, inspired by, uh, I mean, I've been inspired, ever since I found out about him and started following him, I've been inspired. Uh, one of my favorite things, if you don't know who Roger Scruton is, go just Google and watch the documentary. It's an hour long. And it kind of coincides with what I was talking about last week. Uh, it's called Why Beauty Matters. It's one of them. It, it will honestly change the way you see the world. And the reason why I like him so much is because, again, he transcends the day-to-day politics, the day-to-day um, the drama that exists in the political realm. He 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 focuses more on the philosoph- philosophical aspect of conservatism what it means to be a conservative what are you actually conserving why it's uh such a hard battle to fight you're you know think about it like this if you are a conservative and 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 you actually understand what it means to be a conservative meaning conserving traditional values and you're fighting against the allure of progressivism which is progress at all at at what cost progress like dismantling everything uh, in the name of progress, because people have been conditioned to think that progress is, is automatically, no matter what, equates to good. So you can have the best systems available, the best systems devised by humans through trial and error, through hundreds, if not thousands of years of trial error, and uh, and, 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 and see that it works, but then you get the critical theorists and the progressives who dismantle those because of the lore of progress. And and it, and it's like mo- we're moths to a flame. Like we're always attracted to the new and the better uh thing. I mean, that's why fashion exists and that's why the the constant change in fashion or art it it, it nothing is timeless anymore. And if you if you want to break it down, conservatism is timeless. Uh traditionalism is timeless. It's we've figured out the problems in life and and we move forward that there and we build off of that but wh- how progressives are is um they look at all of those as negative things and as oppressive things and those are things to dismantle and uh and then build new without having a plan of what would replace the things that have worked for thousands of years so if you watch why beauty matters it's such an impressive documentary and it, there's so much meat in it in just one hour that I think if you watch that it will change your life like it has for me because I always knew that there was something wrong I was I always knew that there was something wrong with modern uh, architecture or art or entertainment and uh and even gender roles I I always knew that there was something wrong especially with the st- extreme um figureheads but uh, I never really could put it into words until I watched that. So I wrote, uh, I'm just going to give you three tweets that I wrote this week that were inspired by uh, what I've learned from Roger Scruton. And, and honestly, I've barely even consumed uh, even half a percent of everything uh, uh, that, <laughs> once I just got distracted. Someone wrote, is this guy really a racist, homophobic moron or just pretending to be one on Periscope? Uh, that's what we're battling. That was a comment someone just put on Periscope. So that's actually a good example of what we're battling. People are really, they jump to the name calling when they don't have an argument. They jump to the name calling when, um, when, I don't know, I guess it's just the easiest thing to do, right? It's just, it's just so easy. And since they have everyone on their side, since they have the media, the politicians, the universities, the tech companies on their side, uh, they don't they don't need to expound on anything. They can go to the name calling, and then that's it. So, um, yeah, let me just read you these things quick, and then we can move on to the next uh, the next topics. Hopefully, we can I can go through all of them. So uh, I wrote okay. So this is this is about architecture. Something I wrote about that, which again, it's it's like the cliff note version of what you would get from Roger Scruton. I wrote, um, cities built for cars and not people are designed to inflict the feelings of isolation and despair. 
I said, uh, this is an underrated and universally ignored worldview. It's a traditional and con- it's as traditional and conservative as one views one's views can get. We're so incredibly enveloped by modernity. We believe it's how things have always been. I said, if we can, con- if you can, if we continue to ignore the important importance of objective beauty, we can be persuaded to accept anything. Kind of like how they're pushing uh, Lizzo as uh, someone who's not only talented but beautiful. And then you go, no, she's a an obese, sick lady. And then people are like, how dare you? You're a bigot. Like that comment I got uh, two minutes ago on Periscope just now. So then uh, another tweet I wrote was, um, to be genuinely relevant concerning music, art, architecture, etc., one needs to strive for timelessness. We've confused the trends of newness as supposedly being better. We should view contemporary culture as frivolous and disposable. By definition, a trend is never truly relevant. Um, that's kind of my problem with all this. Things used to kind of move at a snail's pace because we were more thoughtful with what we put out. Um, also, talent was involved. So, for instance, if you built a sculpture and you were one of the most renowned sculptors of your time, that, that didn't just take you a day to fart out. That, that took you sometimes years. And, um, but now, I mean, you know, go to the Modern Art Museum and there could be a broke piece of broken glass on the floor that has a little barricade around it, and that is art. And that is only art because of what the artist went through um and and how gay he is <laughs> um so speaking of all that i just wrote this one today uh i saw that that on the uk cover of cosmopolitan that guy from queer eye for the straight guy the guy that's a woman but not a woman because it's how he feels on that particular day his name is jonathan van ness also he has aids and we should celebrate that uh, he's on the cover of Cosmopolitan because that's not for women anymore. It's about if you feel like you're a woman. And gender is not a thing. And um, it's, uh, what's it called? Uh, I, I can't remember all their buzzwords. But uh, so then I, 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 I put, you know, many people have made this point. I'm not original. And uh, I put the cover of that. And then I put it in a cover of Cosmopolitan from 100 years ago, which is a drawing of a beautiful lady because I guess they did more paintings of women on covers than pictures back then and uh and even it's like objectively pretty it's like a it's there was thought put into this but no we have a guy with a beard who's clearly a guy who sometimes feels like a woman on the cover of cosmopolitan as opposed to how it previously was so i said uh take me back it's not about romanticizing the past but revering and acknowledging a time when everything coincided with the natural order of things nowadays if you say two plus two is four, uh, you're the bigot. You're the the backwards thinking person, and you have to explain. In 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 uh, you have to explain until you don't have any more voice. You have to you have to explain for hours and days. After actually, it's a fighting. It's something you're fighting every day because everything is so backwards. You have to explain why two plus two is f- four. Rather than um, everyone else who's like, if you're a man but you feel like a woman, that's how you are. That that's that's correct. You're right. They don't need to explain. They just they just say. They, so what they say is is the truth. And you, with the real truth, you have to, um, you know, I, it's just clown world. It's insane. Whatever. So those are my examples of Roger Scruton. Uh, let's talk about the Oscars, right? Because every year now we have to talk about how something is wrong. Something is wrong with the awards. It's racist. It's sexist. It's um, it's uh, homophobic or something. Now, uh, I don't care about awards. I think that it's a circle jerk for rich liberals uh, to give out awards. Now, here and there, sometimes I'll be a little, not upset, but a little shocked and surprised. Like this year, I thought, oh, shit, Adam Sandler's going to get nominated because Uncut Gems was awesome. And uh, he didn't. But, like, I'm not, my day's not ruined. I'm not going to go to Twitter and be like, I am in shock that Adam Sandler, these people are anti-Semitic. <laughs> I mean, if I was, if I was a, a, a liberal uh, who actually cared about this and, and, and wrote, uh, articles about how shocked and 
I am about how sexist. Also, we know Hollywood is sexist. This is this is like the, if if anywhere in the United States sexism exists, it's Hollywood, and it's always been like that, and it always will be like that. Like the casting couch, like Harvey Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein didn't invent that. It existed before, and it will always exist because it's um you're dealing with very thirsty people. To be an actor, you have to be thirsty. Not only that, but but dumb, because you <laughs> are going against the the mathematical possibility of even it's like it's like winning the lottery someone will win the lottery always someone will win but think about how many people buy the lottery ticket thinking i might be that someone you don't respect math you don't respect the odds of things so to be an actor you have to be a thirsty desperate kind of person so the casting couch as long as there are real people and it's not just ai ai uh, actors um, you will be dealing with that kind of stuff because you know thirsty people. So I don't care. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna re- read you some things that I thought that were kind of funny because people really do care. People really do think that that um, our society is in decline. Our culture is in decline because uh, 1917 or Joker got nominated, whereas our culture is in decline for way more serious reasons that these people. Um, buy into as good so <laughs> someone put um and i guess this is a writer for one of those stupid magazines so this got a lot of attention she wrote i'm not upset and that for some reason she put that in quotes i'm not upset that there weren't many women in the movie 1917 oh i guess this is about the movie 1917 which got nominated so i guess it it, it still um is relevant to the conversation so she goes and by the way this was the same Outrage that existed when the movie Dunkirk came out a couple of years ago. Uh, people were writing articles how there were no people of color in that movie and why were there so few women in that movie? Like, the only women in that movie were nurses. Well, because it was a movie about World War II, and sorry, but there weren't women fighters. There weren't women in the in the army, in the military, <laughs> um, fighting in, in, in the front lines. So she wrote, I'm not upset that women, that, that there weren't many women in the movie 1917. I don't think... Th- I don't think there were any women in the movie 1917. So she, she, this, this is just proof she didn't see it. And she's outraged about something she didn't see. I fucking get that there were not very many women in the trenches. No, there were not women in the trenches. Women weren't in the trenches. So then she says, the question is, why does that story keep getting told? And then she has other tweets. But before that, this notion of why do these stories keep getting told? Um, so only one kind of story should be told, only one kind of book should be released, only one kind of piece of um, content should be made. The interesting thing about the fragmentation of popular culture right now is that n- more than ever now, many things can be made. Uh, there's subcultures and sh- subgenres that are exist more now than ever. So if anything, you're being provided what you want if 1917 is not your thing go to the movie theater and you'll see that there is actually something that might be for you now i would actually argue that that's not a good thing (laughs) um like uh do we need a gay character in every movie do we need a trans person in every movie it's never enough for these people that's kind of another point so then she says if you think there aren't weren't fascinating women's only or female femme dominated spaces in this world with their own stories to be told you're delusional <laughs> why does this story keep getting told uh the spaces the, the oh my god the the words that they use it's just all right then she says um Folks, oh, and they love using that word, folks. It's just to normalize what their points are or who they're talking about. Folks, I'm not even upset or mad or whatever that 1917 got made. Clearly, you are. I'm sure it's great. Boom, she didn't see it. I'm sure it's great. That means she didn't see it. She's upset about something she didn't see. You know what's amazing about the free market? Is if something is a success is successful, that means people want to see it no one's forcing anyone to be to see 1917 the fact that it made 35 million dollars in the box office over the weekend wasn't because you had to buy a ticket to that movie or else you would be sent to the gulags the gulags would only exist under their (laughs) under their structure of society so she said folks i'm not even upset or mad i'm sure it's great that's that's outside the question at hand which is 
Where are the stories about non-whites, non-white men's lives, and why are they still not getting made? I know the answers. I just want uh, more people to ask the question. So I saw the best reply. I, I thought it was really good. But but the thing about the best reply is um, a good answer. It, it, it's a good answer, and I'll read it to you. Uh, but there's a problem with crazy. The problem with crazy is um, you can't reason with it. So the good answer was... Um, the good answer was, uh, you're acting like last year we didn't get Alita, Captain Marvel, Miss Bala, Little Woman, Bombshell, Malefi- M- Maleficent 2, Us, Terminator, Dora the Explorer, Crawl, The Hustle, The Kitchen, Five Feet Apart, <laughs> What Men Want, Charlie's Angels, Happy Death Day 2, Ready or Not, Frozen 2, Harriet, Midsummer, Fighting with My Family, Official Secrets, Judy, Anna, Booksmart, Black and Blue, Late Night, The Farewell, Palms, Always Be My Maybe, uh, where do you go, Bernadette? The aftermath. Britney runs a marathon. Portrait of a Lady on Fire, and many more. Tons of female-led films. You can't reason with crazy because, um, uh, you you can give them the answer. Like there's only two genders. You can you can give them the answer, and then the the science that backs it, which you don't even need science to back it because um, this is just this is just facts. Like the sun exists. Imagine having to convince someone that the sun exists. Um, you just can't reason with crazy. You give them the examples, and um, and then they'll just ignore it. You, yeah, someone said you can't reason with stupid either, either. Now, if that's about me, you know that's your problem. <laughs> um, so the 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 now about the Oscars. It's funny because um, Stephen King, who is one of those perpetually outraged boomers. You know, a broken clock is right twice a day. He wrote. He wrote uh, something about the Oscars. He, he's and I'll, and I'll get to what people are outraged about in a second. But he wrote, as a writer, I'm allowed to nominate in just three categories: best picture, best adapted screenplay, and best original screenplay. For me, the diversity issue, as it applies to individual actors and directors, anyway, did not come up. That said, I would never consider diversity in matters of art; only quality, which he's right. It seems to me that to do otherwise would be wrong. Yes. If a movie is good, um, that's all that matters. A movie can't be, art can't be good because it, it checks off the boxes of like the racial or, or gender quota or the sexual quota or anything like that. When you have to check off quotas and uh, a list, uh, that doesn't mean it's art. That means it's propaganda. And that doesn't make it good. But if you look at a lot of how how critics are now, they'll they'll give like okay, so deep down they know a movie like Charlie's Angels is bad, but they'll give it a review that's kind of nice because it's it goes with their agenda. And that's just one example. Look at it, all the movies like that. Like Captain Marvel was objectively a bad movie, like all these comic book movies are, but that one especially, but it got amazing rave reviews because it was such an important film in their mind. Um I don't even think films... Let me tell you what an important film is. An important film is something that is still objectively good 30 years later. Like, I still think 10 years... The movie came out... uh, Okay, just an example of something that came out five years ago. Mad Max. I think it's an objectively good movie. And it's important in the sense that it was made in an age of CGI-driven movies. And that was done with real special effects on location in camera which is impressive that it was made and it was such an accomplishment in um technique so that movie is still a movie to this day i think about that i that i will continue to like or um or movie i saw for the first time over my costa rica vacation which was um apocalypse now i've never seen it and that was made 40 years ago or 50 no was it 40 or 50 years ago? I think it was 40 years ago. And um and it was still good today. Like you wa- you can watch a movie from back then and be like, "Man, I get why people liked it then, but it's dated. It's not good anymore." But that movie is still good. Any Stanley Kubrick movie, watch any Stanley Kubrick movie, and those are important movies because art that stands the test of time is good, objectively good. That's why a lot of m- music today or or 
anything from today is just, to, in my opinion, garbage because it's made for this time, and this time everything is so disposable. So he, then he backpedaled. Then Stephen King backpedaled. He said, the most important thing we can do as artists and creative people is to make sure everyone has the same fair shot regardless of sex, color, or orientation. Right now, such people are badly underrepresent, re, up, underrepresented and not only in the arts. Okay, that's, that's actually not true. Again, that list of movies that that person from the previous tweet wrote, that's clearly not true. Like, when is... When is it ever enough until white people just don't exist fully? Is that is that when? Um, and then he said, you can't win awards if you're shut out of the game. All right. So he backpedaled because he was feeling the heat from the righteous people. So there's an article from Vanity Fair about the Oscars. And a quote from it is, I'll, I'll, I'll get to the article in a second, but a quote from it is, uh, three of the four most nominated movies, The Irishman, Joker, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, are stories about white men who feel culturally imperiled. The fourth, 1917, is about me- uh, white men who are literally imperiled. There was also another um, article someone wrote was, the problem with 1917 was, was how nationalistic it is. Yeah, it's a movie about... F- fighting in a world war i told my friend who owns the gym i go to he i told him you dude you got to take your young son it's a rated r war movie but it's not gory for the sake of gory like how saving private private ryan was um gratuitous gory is that the yeah um but it's um it's such an important movie to take your kids to, especially now when there aren't world wars and when the world wars are these cultural world wars of why everyone's uh, outraged about the Oscars. And um, we've gotten so soft. And I said, you got to take your sons to it because um, we're talking about a war that people as young as like 15, 16 went to fight in. And that's just not how things are anymore. Now, obviously, that's a good thing that that's not how things are anymore. But... Um, we got to put things in perspective once in a while and something like that can like a good movie can do that too, which is interesting. So uh, when you're playing with identity politics and it's entrenched in culture and in movies, for example, where we, we start looking at movies as propaganda rather than art. And that's where things call the wheels start to fall off the car. That's a saying I'm assuming. So the vanity fair article I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it, the whole opening paragraph starts to talk about how it's um, it, it was a huge mistake that Jennifer Lopez wasn't nominated for the Hustlers movie, which is about strippers stealing money, I think. <laughs> I didn't see it, and I can't be outraged about it because I didn't see it, but it just doesn't seem like a movie that would get nominated regardless. So it goes, uh, this was a year in which, in terms of diversity, the actors' branch in particular missed uh, no opportunity to miss an opportunity. What? <laughs> it's not just Jennifer Lopez. It's Eddie Murphy and Lupita Nungoyo, or whatever, and Jamie Foxx, and Davine Joy Randolph. I don't know who that is. And the myriad of chances, myriad, uh, and the myriad chances, myriad, I'm an idiot. And the, that's why I wasn't reading, right? And the, and the myriad chances... Um, the branch had to make this a breakthrough year for Asian actors, all of whom it passed on. So yeah, they're racist for not nominating Asians. And it's not just the actor's branch. It's the sliding of Dolomite Is My Name's costume designer, Ruth Carter. Everyone's up in arms about that. Everyone's up in arms about the costume designer for Dolomite Is My Name, Ruth Carter, who's black, not getting nominated. And the complete shutout of... Of Lulu Wang's The Farewell. This list feels like a step backwards on a march forward. <sighs> the culture war. Um, but I suspect something else was going on with Lopez and Hustlers, which is that she did everything wrong. She dared to play a character who used her sexuality as a professional survival tool and didn't regret it. What does any of this mean? What are you actually mad about? These are the busybodies that would be much happier um, with a family and not writing for Vanity. Like, it was my dream as a girl to write for Vanity Fair. But this is the shit that you write about? Actually, 
actually, I take that back. And I am wrong. And I'll tell you, and I'll admit when I'm wrong. Um, let me go back to my other talking point, which is the feminization of men and the feminization of society as a whole. This was written by a man. His name, Mark Harris. Um, I am completely wrong. This reads as if, though, a female wrote it, though. You know what I mean? This is... <laughs> This is so crazy. I want to know what this guy looks like. Let me let me see if I can click on his name. Mark Harris. He's going to be balding slightly, and he's going to be made out of soy. He's going to be skinny fat. Let's see what he looks like. Mark Harris. Let's click on your Twitter, you fag. <laughs> oh, wait. He doesn't have Twitter? Mark Harris Vanity Fair. Vanity Fair. Fuck. My keyboard still is messed up. This guy looks like... And I'll let you know if I'm wrong. Uh, not balding, but he definitely is made out of soy. Yeah. He definitely looks like he's made out of soy. He definitely looks like the wife wears the pants in that relationship. If he is married. If he's not gay. I mean, if he's not gay, he should be. Um... But the guy, uh, the guy is outraged. He 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 writes like a woman, and um, but you get the idea. Like they'll never be happy. It a couple of years ago or three years ago it was Oscar so white because there were no black people nominated, and um, I guess they don't reuse hashtags. But they're still they're still um, they're still deeply concerned and deeply offended about this. Let's move on. This is boring. Like I don't care about award shows. Uh, let's go on to gay news, and it's not necessarily news, but again, oh, actually, one of it is. But I'll read. Let me read you my thoughts on the gay stuff. There's this girl on Twitter who uh, every week it's her job, <laughs> it's her job to make um, trending gay hashtags, and she does it. She does like it works. I notice every Sunday there's a trending hashtag of gay something because you know having a whole month or two months of gay history month and then gay pride month and none of it's never enough it's not about that it's it's you look at traditional uh gender roles as a threat because you hate your parents and your dad probably your parents got divorced and it's like a fuck you dad kind of thing and then you were raised in an all female household may I don't know maybe that maybe maybe it's just that maybe that epidemic of of uh, divorce th- divorces that boomers went through and Gen Xers went through was um and you know negative maybe it would maybe it has a maybe it's ha- we're feeling the negative repercussions of all that right now so she wrote this girl wrote it's sun gay and then the gay flag today's tag is hashtag LGBTQ gang every sex I'm surprised she didn't add the other letters to the acronym. LGBTQ gang. Every sexuality slash gender in the LGBTQ plus spectrum is valid and invited to join. Would love to see new faces, so don't be shy to join. This is a safe place. I mean, it's Twitter. It's not. The internet's not a safe place. And it, and it should be a dangerous place for people like you. Um, I mean, not like physically dangerous, but, you know, you should get called out on your bullshit. So I, I did. I called her out on the bullshit and I wrote, the religion of cultural Marxism and Marxism and identity politics calls for the constant need to celebrate oneself. Nothing is higher than the identity they meticulously craft for themselves. It's a bleak conception of life where preset traits are considered accomplishments in of themselves. You're not an impressive person because you're gay. Like that's and and also it's such a shame that that's how you see yourself. Um, you're a lot more than your your sexual. You know, proclivity, your your um sexual orientation. You're a lot more than that. So it's a it's a shame that all these people just lat like lat will will latch onto it as 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 tightly as possible because they know that underneath that they are not curious people. They are not impressive, and it's their it's their fault. Look, I don't think I have high IQ or anything, but I am curious, and I'll read a lot, and I'll and I'll try to follow along with people who I actually think are smart, and I'll try to read books, and I I you know I I, I think about this a lot that I don't read as much as I should, but um but it's something I want to work on because you know there's a lot of interesting people and a lot of interesting theories and and um philosophies out there that that you just refuse to um 
notice or take take part in because again like oh well i'm not gonna listen to that guy he's a he's an old white man oh okay so you're not gonna listen to beethoven's music i mean that you're 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 depriving yourself of many interesting things and objectively good things um so you know that's that's uh something but but then with regards to gay news uh nbc news you, you've heard of nbc news right uh, it's a pretty big um it's a pretty big publication they've been around for a little bit so nbc news wrote um let me find it nbc news wrote and this is this is a startling headline you guys this i was in shock I was like, no way. This is a huge epi- This is an epidemic, you guys. So NBC News wrote, for transgender men, pain of menstruation is more than just physical. Well, yeah. I mean, I'll get to the article in a second, but I wrote, obviously, it's more than physical because they're completely mental. If you think you're the wrong sex, and then not only that, but you're encouraged to go through hormone changes and hormone therapy, and I'm using therapy very lightly, then um then yeah it's definitely more than physical it's extremely mental because you're absolutely fucking crazy um so then it goes safety concerns and a lack of access to menstruation products what lack of access it's it th- this is another of their phrases another of their words access lack of access what the fuck are you talking about lack of access safety concerns and lack of access to menstruation products are among the issues trans and gender non-conforming people, that's just redundant. Just say trans. Um, or just say gay. Just say gay confused. More than gay confused. People face during that time of the month. Um, Chloe Atkins wrote this. So she's she's um woke. Um, when transgender model and activist Kenny Ethan Jones... That's a woman, by the way. This is a woman. Experienced his, her, his first period, her first period. Uh, he faced both physical and psychological pain. Okay, well, all women feel physical pain on their periods. That's from what I've experienced with dealing with women. So that's not out of the ordinary. So the psychological pain is just because you're fucking crazy. Initially, Jones, who had not yet come out as trans at the time, felt like he was losing control and didn't understand what was happening to his body. That's kind of like um, if if uh, I didn't get the birds and the bees talk and I got my first boner and I thought I was I thought I was um, breaking. I thought, like, why is this happening and why can I only think about sex now? Why? Why don't I like Legos anymore? And and, and I like run around the house like naked and asking my parents like what is how why is this happening to my why is it hard all of a sudden um so this is like this person didn't get the talk like didn't just like didn't know that periods existed or was so fucking crazy that they looked down and they saw a ghost dick in between i mean like where the vagina their vagina is i don't know i don't know look at what we're forced to talk about by the way, um, like NBC News wrote an article. This is an article that they they consciously wrote. And then it, uh, he didn't feel like himself. I didn't believe that having periods would be a part of my lived experience. Jones told NBC News, I felt isolated. Everything about periods was tailored to girls, yet me, a boy... <laughs> it's like you're trying to convince us that you're a boy. Was experiencing this and nothing in the world documented that. What are you talking about? He currently experiences a wide range of challenges with his monthly be- bleeding, especially when it comes to getting his hands on menstrual hygiene products. Um, I don't get periods, but I can go to CVS right now and buy some, some tampons. Like, they'll just assume I'm buying it for my girlfriend or something. So, um... I don't think uh, even homeless people. It's like condoms. Like you, if you need a condom, you can even get them for free. Like, what do you want? What are you getting at? What What do you want with this article? What do you? What, like, okay, what's your pro- what? Like, what's your solution to this problem that doesn't exist? Um, having a period already causes me a lot of gender dysphoria. You're fighting nature. 
Do you understand that you're fighting nature? That's like fighting God. The movie Only God Forgives is one of my favorite movies. Uh, it was panned. Everyone hated it. came out in 2013. And the underlying theme of that movie is Ryan Gosling's character physically wants to fight God. You should watch it. It's good. But it, it, it comes to mind with this. Like, you're fighting nature. You're fighting God. Do you understand what you're trying to do? You're going to lose, and you're going to feel crazier as a result. Having a period already caused me a lot of gender dysphoria, but this dysphoria comes becomes heightened when I have to shop for a product that is labeled as women's health, and in most cases is pretty and pink. Are you? This is the problem. They want to make these feminine hygiene products uh, male-oriented. So, uh... I, 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 uh, you can't is my response. You, you can't, you actually can't do that. Like you want camo, you want some camo color schemes on your, on your tampons. Is that what you're, is that what you're getting at? By the way, this is not a problem. Like this is not a problem, but rather than becoming more of a victim, which your life is clearly, that's, this is your, this is your identity. You're a victim. You're getting written up in NBC News. This is like an accomplishment for you. Being a victim is a huge accomplishment. So rather than doing that, if you really think that there's a, um, um, what's it called? Wait, what's it called? If, if uh, there's really a demographic, like if there's really a business angle for this where it's an untapped market, and you can you, you should just come up with the product like the camouflage tampons and and uh, sell it but it's not being made because unless you know unless woke woke capitalism woke companies start coming out with this because they're forced to um it's not going to happen because it's an, it's a non-issue some transgender and non-conforming people who menstruate like Jones say when the products are categorized as women's products they can feel alienated oh no we do need another world war this is this is the only thing i can think of we need another world war this is this is absolutely mental this is crazy this is crazy um like i wouldn't mind if if this was just people on twitter and and uh writing into their echo chambers and then sending out a tweet into the black hole of twitter and then you know and then it just doesn't become a thing but this is nbc news this is nbc news this is not pink news this is not gay news, whatever. This is NBC News writing this. Uh, so you get the idea. Uh, it's it's pure bullshit. Um, and speaking of gay news, uh, WNBA is in the news because <laughs> they have come to an agreement with the Players Association. And among the new changes... Higher average salaries up to 130k, higher max salaries up to 500k, better travel arrangements, new childcare, maternity benefits. Um, now I saved an article. I'm not going to read it, and we're running out of time. There's only 17 minutes left of this podcast, so I'm not going to really get into it. The only thing I'm going to get into is the fact that the WNBA is dumb. It's dumb because when you look at professional sports, and I'll give you an example of like a good woman's sport, tennis. Um, there are actually some really impressive ten women's tennis players, and that's why it's popular, and that's why they make a lot of money. But when you're looking at things like the w WNBA, for example, um, no one goes to those. Only, like, a few lesbians and uh, people in the media, I guess, go. But no one goes to those. It, it's a, it, it loses a millions of dollars every year. And the only reason it exists is because it's subsidized by the NBA. The NBA pays for the WNBA to exist because they have to stay woke and if they don't, if they don't let it, like in the in the real free market, the WNBA would just not exist. Um, so this is all stupid, and um, and then I, I was looking at people's responses, and some people were like, "This is good, but uh, there are many steps to be made for equality." Um, equality is gay. Equality doesn't exist in nature, and we should stop striving for equality. What we should st start striving for is is um. It's just being better. <laughs> it's just being better at everything. Just be better. You know how some people are like, just be better. Just do better. Like you tweeted that bad thing. Be better. Yeah, but we should actually be better. Like this notion of equality, it's not good. It's not real. It's it's an illusion. 
it's like when again like with a trans woman or whatever we all have to pretend that this is a real woman like you can look like one as much as you want but deep down you're not uh deep down you're aesthetically taking um the part of a woman aesthetically but in reality you're diminishing what it means to be a woman and that goes into my next thing women into the workforce um oh no 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 yeah 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 i i uh i re- i re- i read the wrong thing but but this goes into my next thing uh women now out- outnumber men in the workforce and 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 people on both sides people on the republican side people like trump and and every, everyone everyone praise like watch anyone on fox news and they'll read this as a good thing i think this is an extremely bad thing this is only going to this is only going to make the the destabilization of families more prevalent and and uh i've gone through the 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 the, the numbers with you be- oh my gosh so many pop-ups with you guys before like a household with both parents working it uh you're not really bringing in a significant amount of more money all you're really doing is is um poo-pooing the gender roles that have existed forever and uh, you're diminishing the role of the housewife which is extremely important for the stability of a family and uh the stability of your kids if you have kids which you should if you're married and um and uh it, it, like, this is not a good thing that we're putting women in the workforce. Do you want to be as miserable as men? Like, going to the to work is war. You're going to war every day. Um, and I don't think this is an accomplishment. I think this is a, another sign of the decline of, of, of our culture. And um, this, is, this is another form of equality that is, again, an illusion. It's pure bullshit. So women now outnumber men in the U.S. workforce. Um... Everyone's talking. Women in the workforce, the future of the workforce is female. Like, they really want to feminize men. Where are all the masculine men? Well, it's the toxic masculinity bullshit you've been pushing. For the first time since 2010 and the second time ever, women outnumber men on U.S. payrolls, holding 50.4% of jobs. All right, equality is established we can, we don't have to talk about this anymore. You guys won. Uh, we are defeated. The traditionalists are defeated, and uh, you don't have to. You can't complain anymore. But no, there will they will always find something to complain about. But this is just this is just bad. Um. So that now the article just talks about numbers. There are some downsides in the demand in demand. Healthcare jobs are low paid and sometimes part time, but it's worth examining how this will con- continue to alter our workplaces. All right, boom. Um, I mean, the article is really short. You know what I hate in websites? How you keep scrolling down and then it automatically goes into next article, so you still think you're on that article from before, but you're reading something completely different. And you're like, this doesn't make sense at all. That kind of happened just now. But uh, that was Fortune Magazine. I don't see that as a good thing. But this ties into the next topic, which I've actually spoken about this group before. Um, so, you know, women are now in, in the workforce more, more than men, and everyone's happy, but not really. Everyone's more miserable. But this brings into mind this article that I just saw, and I've, I've read about this, this group before, but um, it's forcing men into weekend feelings retreats. So American men, uh, I hate headlines like this. So this is a group of 50 people, and I'm sure these groups exist more than just outside of this specific company. But uh, they use this company as an example. But then they get to write headlines like men, American men are flocking to weekend retreats to speak about their feelings and let it all out. Women don't like this. Women do not find this attractive. Um, I actually think if you're a woman, you know how, how women are like, what are you thinking about? I don't think they really want to know. They just want to know that that you're there for them. Like I don't think that they really want to know like oh my god, I'm really stressed about about money right now and work and my boss is an asshole and I don't know what I'm going to do. Like I don't know what I'm getting the rate. Like they don't really unless you're married to them and, and you're in it together, 
Like other than that, men don't, women don't really want to know your feelings, but I think that it's just that they want to know you're there for them. So this notion of like letting your feelings out, it's a feminine thing. It's, it's, and maybe even for kids, but for the most part for men, it's, it's, it shouldn't be encouraged. Um, men should be able to figure out themselves and, um, and yeah, which, which I've, I grew like, look, I, uh, growing up in a feminized society, I grew up uh, being told not by my parents or anything, but by by society being told like you need to tell people your feelings and and if you're feeling upset and whatever. So throughout my teens and twenties, I kind of did that, and I'm like, oh, this is not working at all. This is this is um backfiring on me. And then I realized like, oh, okay, if I have a problem, uh, for the most part, I can I can kind of go through it in my own head and fix it and solve it and ever since then it's been a lot better so you're not burying your feelings deep down but you're not burdening other people with it and uh you're all like i spoke about this last week briefly but you're you're diminishing your own power and it's like when people are like you need to talk to a professional you're gonna get different opinion from all kinds of people even people who you pay it's it like it's something that deep down you know the answer to and still yet you go and burden other people or yet you still will pay people to listen to your problems. Like, it's, it doesn't make sense. So, uh, I hate terms like American men are flocking to weekend retreats. Like, okay, so this retreat is 50 people. 50 people are flocking to it, but American men. Um, so, this is the Daily Mail. Welcome to the Anti-Fight Club. By the way, we need Fight Club. Like, we need... Actually... We do need a fight club, and we need chapters in every different cities around the, the country, and I think we'd be better off, and I mentioned this last time, but we need to get rid of um, assault. He assaulted me, and then suing. I'm going to sue you. That's, that's your tattletaling, and you're not solving your own problem. Um, no. Like, I, 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 I tweeted this video probably... The, the the best hockey video I've seen all season long. Um, this guy got hit dirty. It was a legal hit. It was legal in the game. And this is in the NHL. He got hit so dirty. And he then turned around. He got back up. His, his helmet flew off. He turned back around. He figured out who it was. And he ragged, he, he, he treated him like ragged on, beat the shit out of him, like beat the shit out of him. And then they, they kind of were bickering through the media after and tweets and all that. But, but you know, pretty masculine thing. And then um, uh, he got suspended two games. Now, that's not even that bad. So it still exists in hockey. Why can't it exist in actual culture? Like, why can't we fight with each other anymore? It's because we've been feminized and we've been encouraged to sue each other and to be little girls about everything. But in reality, um, I like if I ran for president, I would, um, I would uh, run on dueling. We should bring back dueling. I think a lot of problems would be solved there. So American men are flocking to weekend retreats to speak about their feelings and let it all out. Uh, that's a feminine thing. Women are not attracted by that. Um, let's watch the video. There's a video, I think. Where's the video? All right. Here's the video. And it's loading and loading and loading. Let's watch the video. What is everything? Men can come together and fully express and step into their feelings and emotions. It's a fellowship, hence every man. It's literally just a place where you can put aside everything society tells you you need to be. For men to open up about their emotions. As men, so often we're up in our heads. I didn't even realize how much that was impacting my life, that I was not embodied or feeling into my body. It's something I actually I wish on, on every man on this planet because it's essential. I was very skeptical about every man before I started to participate. Yeah, I'm going to go beat a drum and scream my head off in the woods, which I actually ended up, I did scream my head off in the woods. It was men from all walks of life, all over the country. And being an entrepreneur and a son and a brother or whatever it is you are, we place different levels of pressure on these things. Every man to me is like going to the gym, mental, physical, and emotional. Every man is the emotional component. But vulnerability is a form of power, if you think about it, for all men at any level to express themselves. 
more permission to be able to explore my emotions and to be able to express my emotions. Literally just, where do I want to go? And it's a matter of getting there. We say aho, means I'm here with you. Aho. 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 Oh, that's like amen, right? Like a religion. This seems like a little bit of a cult. Uh, this is what happens with secularism. When you throw away religion, you get little offshoots, little fragmentations of, uh, uh, you know, things like this, like religion. I get, you know, people used to go speak to their rabbis or priests or something if they had a problem. But uh, now you need to go to a men's group and express your feelings. I think I see that as weak. So that one guy was like, oh, it's like going to the gym, which looked like he actually has never been to a gym. And uh, but uh, but for your mind. Um, stop being everyone's such a pussy. This is this is this is such a another sign of the decline of society. Like this is just completely wrong. The the roles have been totally reversed. Like oh, we have the most women in the workforce. That's a good thing. And then now we have these men going to these uh, retreats. Like all everything that they're saying is good is bad in my opinion. Um, and uh, if you want to know the answer to the to to the truth, you know, to these things, it's like. Just look at the news and say, oh, okay, the opposite. The opposite. Um, I guess the, 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 I was going to mention some other things, but uh, maybe I'll get to that on Friday. Uh, I guess the last thing I'll mention is some quick border news. Border, the, the wall hasn't been made yet, but, but I did see something that from the Pew Research Global. And this is a poll. This is a major poll that is going to shock shock you, you guys. Trump's border wall continues to be unpopular across 33 countries, especially in Latin America. I wonder why. And first of all, why would we care? Why is this poll done to begin with? Why would we care about how other countries uh, 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 feel about how we want to conduct ourselves, um, especially Latin America? I, it's almost like this is a joke written by a comedian, and, and then I, and we'd kind of be like, eh, I guess that's kind of funny, but, like, you know, not super creative. But this is not a joke. This is reality. This is a real headline that the Latin Americans don't like the border wall idea. Oh, no, they don't? You mean the people here crossing the border like crazy, they're not happy with the idea of a barrier that would make it hard for them? Gee, that's really shocking. Maybe we should not do the border wall. The people who aren't a part of this country and aren't citizens of this country don't like something. Maybe we shouldn't do it. Right? Case closed. No more border wall. The Latin Americans are upset about it, and they disapprove at an astonishing rate. They disapprove. Over 90% of them disapprove of our uh, border wall. I guess. I guess that's it. It's done. The Pew Research Global um, cracked a, 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 the, the case on that. They um, they did a, a major service, I guess, for us. All right, guys, that is it. That is it. I'm, I, I mean, we kind of covered a lot, right? That is Sadcast episode 82. I am Sadwater. Here's a song. I love you. Bye. I'm sorry. is blind.